Cast episode 146 EA played. I am Morgan, aka Bond Diesel, and this is a podcast about gaming of all genres, platforms, and generations from the perspective of a dad and a nerd with the occasional friend stopping by. Please take a moment to subscribe to and rate this podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. This episode, we are going to talk about EA Play updates, uh, PlayStation State of Play, uh, Xbox marketing, Nintendo Switch OLED, Assassin's Creed live service, the new Escape from Tarkov patch, and Windows 11. First, I want to thank our Patreon supporters this month, Hassan, Christian, Darren, Tim, PK, Man, Made Golf, Lunchbox, and Dale, if you would like to support this podcast and my other eventual content, please check out patreon.com slash bondiesel. Okay, let's jump right into it. So EA Play. Um, so we found out a few things. So we already pretty much knew that Battlefield 2042 would be a big topic. Um, it's probably going to be the main topic for this EA Play that's happening in the next week or two. We also... Um, always assume that we're going to get um the fifa the madden um a couple things um have been pointed out and clarified though we now know that mass effect and and andromeda and dragon age will not be uh showcased at all or at least they say so um we should assume that that that's a thing um we also know um, or have it's been rumored that uh, they're rebooting an old franchise now that hasn't been confirmed yet and the franchise hasn't been confirmed but there's a lot of rumors or suggestion out there right now that it's going to be dead space um, that is interesting and we'll talk about why in a moment um, the last bit that is personally interesting to me is that there's also a possibility they may drop some kind of teaser for us um, about NCAA football returning. So if there's anyone listening who's not into American football um, or just not into American sports at all, this won't mean much to you. Um, but to someone like me, um, NCAA college football, uh, the last one they did was 2000, I think it was 14, I'm pretty sure, um, which would have actually come out in 2013, I believe. And um, so it's been eight years. Um, that game... Um, in its later years, unfortunately, kind of stay, like stalled out the way that Madden sort of has or does. Um, but to this day, I will argue that NCAA uh, football, uh, EA, NCAA football 2006, is one of the greatest RPGs ever made. Um, and, and the reason is, without going into too long of an explanation, is that it has, in my opinion, the single best soundtrack to a video game or one of them ever um, of, of not original music. So it's it's all it's all licensed music. But um, that that game before that 
before 2006 and after its main soundtrack was um, school fight songs um, played by the school bands, which is really cool for whatever reason. In 2006, they got this bizarre soundtrack of like alt rock and ska and a bunch of these songs that to this day, I still remember like word by word Um, on top of that. The reason I think it's such a calling it an RPG is maybe a bit much, but um, the dynasty mode in that game is um, you become a first year head coach at any at, at any school you pick. Um, I would always pick small, crappy schools um, and build them up, or build them up and then move to bigger jobs, which is in the game. That's a that's you know schools recruit you and such, and you of course you play you know the ten eleven football games you know. That's the whole point of the game, but that's really only like a half or a third of the game. The The rest of it is um, recruiting, um, training, and um, you, if you, the more you use your players in the games, the more their stats go up. Um, some players have a higher ceiling than others, but you don't know until you actually play them and train them. Um, you, you recruit high school kids fictional ones of course um to your school uh, to you as a coach and there's attributes about the way you play and the way you manage your team um and the way that you talk to them and interact with them that determines whether or not they come to yours and you're also competing with the hundred plus other schools that are also doing the same thing it, it's a great game it, it's a great franchise and there's something that's um more pure or more uh, there's just something about the college football game that's just in my opinion just more enticing um than than pro um even though i actually prefer the nfl in real life uh, but from a gaming perspective i definitely prefer uh, the 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 college game um, and i like college football as well but um beyond that uh, the news about mass effect and um dragon age um, is a little surprising um i figured that mass effect wouldn't show up again after the teaser last year um, i wouldn't be surprised if we get another teaser for n7 day this year um, but we'll have to wait and see um, that's november 7th um dragon age surprises me though because um, i would say that it not being there all but confirms that Dragon Age is not coming next year, which is actually what I was predicting. Now, I was predicting Dragon Age 4 would come in 2022, mostly selfishly because I was hoping that may mean that Mass Effect 4 or whatever it's going to be called would be coming in like 2024 or something like that. Um, so I think that's probably not happening. Um, so I would push both of those back a year. I'm going to guess that Dragon Age is coming 2023 and that the next Mass Effect will probably be more around 2025, but you know, we'll have to wait and see. So it's a little bit of a bummer. I'm sure we'll get lots of teases and stuff in the meantime um, of both of those games. I'm not really in the Dragon Age. I don't like medieval stuff or medieval aesthetic uh, things but you know that's fine it doesn't matter um i have still thought about playing those old games though because i know they have kind of a similar feel to mass effect obviously um so so we'll we'll see maybe um and then the battlefield focus i don't really care about madden and fifa and so i like fifa a lot actually i actually like madden as well i just can't be bothered to keep up with them because when the new one comes out and i can play it for free or as part of game pass then i'll do it otherwise i don't really care um, but Battlefield, I'm I'm so excited about that game. I'm 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 really hoping this reveal is going to include them announcing that it's going to be on Game Pass. I really think that game, um, it's going to, even if it's just console Game Pass, which 
I don't think they would put it on PC through the Xbox um, Game Pass PC app. Um, they want people to buy it through Origin, and they 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 want PC players um, to buy it. Um, but I, I'm really excited about Battlefield, and I'm also horrified because um, I worry that the idea of like people having to pay seventy bucks for a multiplayer only game um, in a day and age where we have free to play BRs. Um, that are of the quality of, um, you know, Apex and Fortnite and Warzone. It's just going to be a hard sell to get people to pay, pay 70 bucks for a game. Now, my argument is that it's worth every penny because the BRs all provide a similar experience, right? They provide an experience that is... You know, battle. You know, now Battlefield's gonna have battle passes and stuff, of course. But I just really think that there isn't an appreciation right now for like the 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 squad based, objective based, open world, giant map, lots of players gameplay that Battlefield provides. Uh, there's no other game that does it. Other games have tried for sure. Um, even you know the big team battle and. Uh, it was a heading it's halo and uh whatever the giant you know vehicle including version of warzone is um you know mag tried to do it you know there's uh world war three uh tried to you know and came the closest to uh, remaking that experience but none of them can do it and the reason is in my opinion is that battlefield has a really cool mix of a realistic aesthetic a realistic world things that look real things that you really see in real life um mixed with being willing to sacrifice realism for fun um to the extreme uh in a big way uh there, there's a lot of that there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of silly mechanics you know every soldier has an unlimited parachute you can you can pull your parachute three different times in one life in battlefield and and while that isn't realistic it's not realistic at all it is fun and it makes the gameplay. It, it, it's a focus on gameplay and a respect for gameplay, which is really important. Um, uh, you, I played Tarkov, which I'll talk a bit about later in the show. But you know that game is in such a weird spot right now with its fan base, where you know you can tell there's a lot of people who who have been playing it for a long time who were sold orig originally on this idea of this like hyper realistic um, survival game. And what has happened is over time, I think that game has shown that it's become very popular. And I think the devs are adjusting and realizing that they may need to sacrifice some of those original hyper-realistic ideas um, for more gameplay-oriented things and more fun things and engaging things. Um, if you play a game like Arma, um, Arma isn't even that realistic, but it's... I, I assume, and from my knowledge, it's it's the most realistic military game you can play um, from an aesthetic and a gameplay point of view. Um, every single key on your keyboard does stuff, and not only that, but every you know many combinations of keys do stuff in that game. Um, and Arma is cool, and but it's. It's very exhausting. Um, now, there's tons of mods and stuff that are different, but the base game of Arma is an example of like, well, why realistic isn't always the best move. 
So with Battlefield 2042, um, I love the near future setting um, you, we've already seen. Um, I expect to see a lot of Division-ish tech in this game. Um, you could tell from the trailers they've shown already that there's like the gun dogs, like the robot dogs and stuff like that. I'm expecting to see a bunch of like wacky stuff like that. Um, and because it's set in the near future, um, you know, 20-ish years from now, it's able to do that they can kind of justify you know you you have to realize that you know darpa you know only lets us see their creations like 30 years after they've created them so stuff that we think is cutting edge today um, is probably very far behind and and we won't know for a long time if ever so um ea play i'm excited i am a little bit bummed out about there being no mass effect or dragon age i'm also really happy and happy for them that they came out and just told people ahead of time um battlefield i'm super excited to see more of and finally play uh, i'd love to see some ncaa football i am curious about dead space um the dead space thing is kind of interesting because the original developers have their own studio and put out i think it was last year a trailer for a game that is basically just new dead space um so it's going to be kind of weird if they have both uh, but we'll have to wait and see i'm sure we'll see some stuff from like apex um i would really just absolutely adore um and i know it's not happening but a titanfall 3 even a teaser even if it's like four or five years away just give us a wink you know but uh we'll see i'll have to see what's going on with apex i haven't played that in a bit um, i got a little bit burned out um, from trying to really grind this 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 current battle pass so we'll have to see okay um the next topic is the playstation state of play so um this was an interesting one because they came out real early and we're like hey this is going to be gameplay of death loop and some other stuff this is not going to be ragnarok this is not going to be you know any big new announcements this is going to be death loop again for the billionth time and some other stuff and that's exactly what it was. <laughs> it was um, some more gameplay, even though I don't think it was actually new gameplay of Deathloop. Um, and then like a bunch of indie games and some updates to other games that are, we already knew about or are already out. Um, I believe Death Stranding got a little bit more detail um, about its director's cut, which um, looks like it's just a bunch of things that weren't finished for the main game. And they put in a bunch of new stuff, which if that game's your jam, then there you go. It's great. Um, the death loop thing um that game to me i see it hyped a lot i'm a big kind of funny fan um i listen to most of their content and they're just like riding that game's balls like i'm sure death loop's gonna be cool um but it seems like it, it seems like the type of game that a lot of talking heads they're so deep into the hype of it now that even if it comes out and it's like okay uh they'll still like ride its nuts because <laughs> they have to because they hyped it up so much for me as an xbox fan uh primarily a fan of all games i have no um, animosity towards you know nintendo or sony i just don't have their consoles um Deathloop's weird because if you don't remember don't know um the the de the, the developer who makes death loop is uh you know was part of that bethesda deal or the zenimax deal um, so what's happening is that in the next couple of weeks, um, Xbox Game Studios, uh, it's actually probably going through ZeniMax, is publishing a at least a. I don't know if they've actually said whether or not it's time exclusive or not or permanent, um, but Xbox Game Studio is releasing a game on PlayStation 
four and five <laughs> and it will be exclusive to those platforms at least for a while um this is obviously because this game was in development long before the Bethesda Microsoft deal happened. Um, and Microsoft was very clear about honoring um, the agreements that were made, um, you know, especially ones, you know, happening not long after the uh, transition here. So um, this kind of reminds me of like uh, MLB the show a little bit where um, basically the MLB uh, told uh, Sony <laughs> that um, in order to keep the MLB license and keep making that game, they need to put it on multiple platforms. So that's why now you can start up a game that's on game pass also. So there's a Sony, a Sony studio game is on Xbox game pass. Um, and when you start that game up, Sony Santa Monica or whatever pull, pull, pops up, Sony something, whatever studio it is. Um, it's really, it's really odd. It's uh, weird times we live in, but it's, it's really great. I saw some disappointment with that state of play. Um, I think the thing that people need to realize is that, um, like Xbox is in the game of winning people over right now. Um, and we'll talk about this next actually, but, um, Xbox's goals are a lot different than Sony or even Nintendo, um, because Sony is, um, they, they know what they are. They, they know their status. Um, they know what people think of them and they know that they don't really have a lot to prove. Now, I think that's eventually going to bite them in the butt. Um, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but I do think that there's a sense of arrogance um, that Xbox showed back in the 360 days as well. Um, the, the, the reveal of the Xbox one um, is, is the greatest is one of the greatest examples of you know, getting up your own butt <laughs> that we've ever seen where they were, they thought they were hot with the 360 because they competed extremely well with the PS3 and I think kind of slightly beat them out on sales. Um, and then they got real dumb with the Xbox one, at least at launch. Um, I still think the one X is the best system from the last, uh, gen, but that's just my opinion. Um, and they, they, they got too proud. They got too cocky and they put out a bad product and, uh, and Sony ran with it real hard and they, and, and I'm glad they did. Um, so I, I know some people like people just need to realize that PlayStation is, is going to drip feed stuff through the whole year. Um, they probably aren't going to have this big blockbuster summer show the way that the Xbox does at E3, um, and the way that Sony or, uh, Nintendo does this kind of a little bit, but Nintendo is a lot more like Sony than Xbox. So I, if people were disappointed with this day of play, it's only because they didn't pay attention. They made it very clear. This wasn't going to be some big blockbuster show. Um, and that's okay. I think that was very responsible of them and cool of them. So go PlayStation. Um, it's okay about Xbox, the marketing thing. So, um, there was a topic on the podcast I listened to recently that talked about how, um, just how insanely good, Xbox's marketing um, and PR has been, um, and I think that's a thousand percent true. It has been on point. Um, they've been killing that game. They've been doing it so well where, you know, they, 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 they're like the cool dad or like the cool uncle, uh, or like Sony and Nintendo are like your prudish aunt and you're like jerk dad. <laughs> and and I think that's cool. And, and it's because, like I said before, Xbox is in the hearts and minds thing right now. Um, they do have a great console. They do have uh, the best game service in the world. Uh, I have a hard time hearing arguments otherwise. Um, 
and they have great marketing. The thing they don't have yet right now is the, the best games. Um, Sony has a chokehold on that and on the art. Obviously, Nintendo may even more so of that, um, even though they're kind of doing their own thing. And um, so there, there's this kind of question about whether or not like, all, you know, all this goodwill that Xbox gets from its social media and stuff like that. Like, um, does that matter at the end of the day? Um, and I think it does um, for, for a couple of reasons. The main reason being that um, it at least gets it, its mind share, um, even if someone's not a, an Xbox fan or if they're hardcore Sony or PC or Nintendo, um, they're at least hearing about Xbox. Xbox is making moves, um, whether they're effective or not, who knows, um, but they're at least trying something and they're not just floundering like it kind of felt like they did through the whole Xbox one generation. Um, the real test and the, or the Testament one or the other is going to come here in like three years when starting this fall, uh, you know, their goal is to release one big exclusive game, at least every three months. And so you're talking about a year from now, a year and a half, two years from now, um, when they have a catalog of, of exclusive games, you can only play with Xbox or on game pass. Um, what will the conversation be then? So we know that Sony is still going to have their library of great games. Um, but now we'll see whether Xbox kind of reviving and, 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 you know, guzzing up their existing IPs and introducing some new ones and introducing IPs from, you know, like Bethesda and things like that. Will that then start to get rid of the conversation of like, oh yeah, Xbox is dope at everything, but games. And that's where, if, if they if they bring the games then all this goodwill and all this PR and all this marketing is going to pay off you know, big time, but they have to bring the games. That's that's what everyone's waiting for. Um, every pundit, every person I know, every person I talk to, it's yeah, Xbox does everything great. They have great hardware. They have great services. They have great everything, but they, they need those like five games uh, or really for the average player they need like those two games they they need like one they need two games that every gamer can latch on to now that requires having 10 to 15 great games or ips exclusively on your console to try to get everyone on the same page you know to try to give, give something to everyone um but we'll have to see. Um, I think that's a few years away. And with games like Halo and Hellblade and Stalker, um, you've got, jeez, man, the all the stuff that, you know, the, the Fallout, the Starfield, all those things, um, you know, they, they, they're going to have to bring that eventually uh, to make all this good, these good feels pay off. Switching to not very good feels, or at least from what I can gather, the Nintendo Switch, uh, they Nintendo did their big reveal of their of the quote unquote new thing that's coming out, and every, a lot of people were expecting it to be a Switch Pro um, that could output you know at least like 2K or even 4K graphics that would have this like super dope screen and a bunch of new features, um, be able to play all these new games that are coming and old ones at higher fidelity. Um, and instead, we got just a regular switch with an OLED screen, and I think a little bit bigger battery. Um, the, my favorite quote I saw about this um, and people who were mad about it is, you know, I can't believe people are mad that the company who put out like six different Nintendo DSs um, is putting out a third version of their switch. 
that they, they are milking that baby, man. If you think that they have any reason or any desire to stop milking this gen, you're out of your mind and you should expect to see switches for years longer. Um, I still think a switch pro will happen and that seems to be the general consensus, but yeah, it, it will always amaze me that people, um, will, will be surprised about game companies doing the things that those companies have always done. Um, so personally, I'm actually interested in this switch because I don't have one yet. Um, I understand why someone who has a switch Lite or the original one probably isn't interested in this unless their system is getting worn down or, you know, not quite doing its thing anymore. Um, if Sony, if Sony, if Nintendo teased like the next big thing in switch, it looks professional and then they put this out, then people should be mad. Sure. That's fair. But there's so much of gaming and maybe just life in general, but especially gaming, so much of the controversy and anger and stuff that happens in it um, is purely because of people setting unrealistic expectations on their own. Um, Nintendo did not give any reason for people to believe that this was going to be something more than it is. Um, that was YouTubers. That was journalists. That was, you know, talking heads that was not nintendo so you can't be mad at nintendo you should be mad at these people who put out you know, all these rumors and, and confirm things and all that um, they're the ones who should catch uh, some of that um but uh, personally i'm interested in this oled thing i think um the wife or even the, the child eventually would be really into it um but i don't know if uh, 350 dollars is going to pull me in the other thing that probably isn't going to pull me in is a new announcement about Assassin's Creed. So this started off as a leak and then was confirmed that there is a game or a, a platform being developed called Assassin's Creed Infinite. And what the, the basic idea of this thing is that it's going to be um, a ongoing Assassin's Creed experience um, where they're going it, to it's just going to be Assassin's Creed now. And they're going to introduce new characters and new stories and new worlds. But instead of um, it's kind of taking the destiny, uh, you know, form a little bit where you'll have the base game will come out and then they'll just add to it. And we won't have these big releases anymore of, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla or Odyssey or whatever the next one's going to be. Now, realistically, this infinite game is probably two or three years out. So I assume that next year and maybe one more time after that we'll get a standalone assassin's creed game um i don't know this worries me because um maybe they're gonna try to take this game back to its roots and i don't know actually have something to do with the assassin's creed uh main storyline um i know valhalla kind of dipped back into it a little bit but i still find it very unsatisfying personally and it's just they just keep making um it, it's like it's the way breakpoint and wildlands is to me with ghost recon they they made a game they they had an idea for a game that follows a bunch of trends that they are told by their stats that will sell really well and get lots of engagement and then they slap an ip on it so you know like assassin's creed valhalla could be a really cool and deep Viking game made by Ubisoft um, that has nothing to do with Assassin's Creed, and it would and it would be great, but in, but they can't do that because that would require them to make an actual Assassin's Creed game that, in some way, resembles what that franchise once was, um, 
So instead of that, they just combine those two things. They take this idea they had, they slap Assassin's Creed on it. It's the same thing they did with Breakpoint. I would argue same thing they did with Wildlands. And um, yeah, so um, I'm not big on this. I liked Origins um, and I appreciated that it was an evolution of the Assassin's Creed, uh, what it was. Then Odyssey came out, and I, I was starting to not really be a big fan of how level-gated it was, how grindy it was. I still enjoyed the story, even though it essentially had nothing to do with Assassin's Creed. I, I understand it's like basically the... It, 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 it does have something to do with it, but does it? Like, come on. <laughs> and it really... And it started to really not feel like an Assassin's Creed game. And then Valhalla, I never even got through the prologue i can't do it it's just i i don't like the characters any of them i i don't like i mean <laughs> it was it was uh, two factors with valhalla for me of just not liking the way game the weight game the way the game looked or felt um played and then when reviews started coming out and it was like verified that you were talking about 60 70 hours to just beat the main story i don't if I don't really love a game, I'm definitely not going to spend, you know, two work weeks of time on it. Um, I'm just not going to finish it. And that was um, Valhalla was my worst purchase of games in the last like three or four years easily. Um, so I fear that this new Assassin's Creed Infinite is just essentially going to be an extension of what they've been doing with Valhalla. And they're just going to add and add and add. Um all the power to them. I hope it's successful for their financial purposes, but I'm I'm really bummed that it just seems like the. I really wish Ubisoft. I, I made a tweet about this that some people seem to like a lot. I really wish Ubisoft was in the business of innovating and pushing forward and being a a, a publisher that smaller studios or even big studios were copying. Um, and instead, Ubisoft has just become this machine of if a Ubisoft game is coming out tomorrow, look at that game, break down the mechanics, and you're probably looking at a game that is a bunch of trends from three years ago. And that's a bummer. <laughs> that sucks. Um, you know. And like from the like the trend point of view, um, I mean, it, it rings true with my favorite Ubisoft franchise, The Division. Um, you know, the first game, I can't prove this, but I have reason to believe that the first game was supposed to be much more of an actual RPG um, in the vein of like almost like a Mass Effect style game. Not exactly. It was always probably going to be a looter and stuff. But, um, you know, we're like story wise and 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 player progression wise it was gonna look more like a game like mass effect but it's very obvious or at least i can surmise that you know the the mass effect 3 came out in 2012 or 13 which would have been you know right when division one was getting deep into develop development um and unfortunately i assume someone somewhere up the ladder was like hey instead of that this destiny game is interesting just make that and or try we're not going to fully support you we're not going to give you all the resources we're not going to let you have enough time uh, and we're going to cut you off early uh, especially when you do the sequel you know don't uh, please don't uh, focus too much on my bitterness here um 
So, so we want you to do that, but we don't, we aren't going to let you, we aren't going to give you all the resources to do it as well. Um, and we're also going to have you do it to a franchise that has almost infinite possibilities. Good luck. So unfortunately, this is just the thing that Ubisoft does. I don't blame the devs. I don't really even blame the studios. They, they just do what they're told. I mean, they, they, the studios are basically the employees of the publisher when it comes to a, um, a company like Ubisoft. Um, and at the end of the day, Big Daddy, you know, Paris, uh, you know, Paris, France, Ubisoft headquarters gets to decide who makes what and how much time they get and how much money they're going to get. Again, I, I think I've said it before, but, you know, the reason that Division Two content is there's going to be, you know, a year and a half, two years between content drops is because after Warlords came out, there wasn't supposed to be any more Division content. Um, and I say that because the seasons were developed as part of warlords so after season four the game was supposed to be over which especially considering the lackluster way that season four ended if that was supposed to be i mean oof. especially considering we probably aren't getting a division three for three or four years if not more so i don't know man ubisoft like they love to promote their games they love to talk about them before they come out um and then once they're out they seem to just love to make devs struggle and then cut them off at the knees at some point and it, it's really annoying it's really a bummer um so hopefully this assassin's creed thing doesn't go that way um i will always hope that it's going to be successful and awesome and great um, i will always be hesitant to believe it at this point i um yeah i just don't i don't believe me anymore <laughs> um, i'll be excited about things they have coming um i'll still probably play ubisoft games but um, I, I, I admittedly have lost basically all hype for their games uh, until I see something change. Uh, let's see here. Escape from Tarkov 12.11. So they had a big new patch come out um, a week ago now, I think, uh, as well as a new wipe, which is where um, all the characters people have been working on since December, I think. I think uh, last Christmas was the last wipe. It is all gone. They, they wipe your character 100% clean and you, everyone starts over. Um, this has been my favorite experience so far. Um, some big changes they made is that there's a flea market where you can buy and sell stuff to other real players. Um, that always unlocked at level 10. And once you unlock that, the game kind of went into easy mode because um, there's there's quests in this game that give you lots of XP. And that's the primary way you level up your character. Um, there's six vendors, eight, eight vendors in the game that you level up with experience and that you do quests for. They're the quest givers. Um, and basically, and then you have like a home base that you can upgrade. And so those are the loops of the game is, you know, doing quests, upgrading your trades, uh, upgrading your traders and upgrading your home base. Um, and in the, the, the way the game was before the swipe, um, once you hit level 10, you could streamline that process a lot um so this patch they've actually bumped that up to level 20 um and so many people have enjoyed it because it's made the game actually feel challenging and made that early game feel um where people have crappy gear and stuff like that um it, it's made that last longer where in previous wipes within a week or two a lot of people are running like in the game gear and it's just not very fun so I really enjoyed this patch so far. The other big thing they added that I've really enjoyed um, is a system called Scav Karma. So when you um, scavs or scavengers are the AI in the game, um, the way this game works is you have your main character that you play as, and when you die, you lose everything. And 
um, you do your quest and stuff through this main character. Um, so when you go in to play a round, um, it's, it's a round-based game or a time-based, whatever, a se session-based game. You can pick between your PMC, like your main character, or you can pick a scav where it's a one-time use character. Um, again, if you die, you lose everything. Um, it's kind of like a, it's like a safe character to play as or something. So that scav player, there's now a system in place where when you play as a scav, the AI and the game that are hostile to PMCs, to your main character, aren't hostile to you, or at least they shouldn't be. And now there's a system where there's a handful or more of things you can do that um, now there's scav reputation. So if you do good things to help other scavs and stuff like that, your, your reputation goes up, which means that your one time you use scav character, um, you'll spawn with better gear and better loot inside your gear. You'll spawn with better guns and armor, um, even to the point where eventually there's bosses on each map that you can you can become friendly with if your if your scav karma is high enough and like use them to help hunt down um, people's actual PMC characters. Uh, and it's, it's a cool system. Now, if you do mean things, if you kill other scavs, if you do all kinds of stuff that isn't very friendly, you lose scav karma and the lower your scav karma is, um, it gets to the point where, um, AI scavs will attack you immediately and you'll spawn with like a pistol with like three bullets and no healing items and nothing. Um, so it, it's been a really cool system. Honestly, it's my favorite part of the game at this point. Playing the actual quest and doing all that is fine. Um, but actually, I've, I've come to, um, at this point, I, I actually enjoy scaving and, and playing in that system more than the main game. Because in the main game, it's uh, kill on sight. You see something or someone, you kill them. Whether it's another player, whether it's an AI scav, whatever you kill everything when you're a pmc anything you see you kill it um but the scav system it punishes that so what you find and what i've found is in like 90 percent of my raids i'll run into another player who's playing as their scav you wiggle you you, you rock your player back and forth or you kneel up and down or you jump or you you you, you can calm there's no voip yet um but you can use voice comms um like like that, recorded ones and I've had a lot of success with trading items with people, running around with them. Um, I actually played this morning for fun and was trading items with a guy where an unfriendly player sniped him and shot me in the leg. And I ended up running away and um, I, I still got out with what I had, but it, it was really fun. Um, so Tarkov, it's an intense game. It's a game that takes a good six months to get into. So I don't suggest it to everyone. But if you're looking for something to play, man. I mean, Tarkov is everything that Division Dark Zone could have been and should have been. Um, it's, you know, I basically just don't pay attention to Division PvP conversations anymore because, or especially Dark Zone conversations, because it's just such a neutered, it's just such a whatever mode, in my opinion, compared to the alternatives that are out there, um, including a game like Tarkov. So um, if, if you want that hardcore heart racing experience, Tarkov's your game. You just have to have a PC good enough to play it, which is a whole different story. Okay, the last story here I'm going to talk about is all the Windows 11 information. So since the last time I podcasted, uh, we did get an announcement about Windows 11. I have entered the beta program for it. Um, I have not actually started using it yet, but I have been paying attention to and um, kind of checking out 
what they kind of have going on. Um, and it looks cool. Um, it seems more like, of like an iterative update. I don't really feel like Windows 11 seems like it's going to be this big, like revolutionary thing for Windows the way like moving from I really don't want to say XP to Vista because that was a downgrade in a lot of ways. But um, I really like Windows 10. Um, I, I I liked 7 as well. I actually never had a computer with 8 on it. Um, I, I'm excited. I think this stuff is cool. It does seem like there's a big focus on gaming and games, um, integrating Game Pass into it, which for me is really cool. Um, but really just gaming in general, it seems like there is a big focus on. Um, and I'm always down for some new aesthetic, man. So um, Windows 11, I do want to... Um, you know, try it out and maybe talk about it. Um, I guess you can try it out in the developer mode um, and then revert back to Windows 10 until they actually release 11. Um, so I might try to do that. Um, if you are going to do that, um, there has been a lot of talk about some security um, features that your computer has to have in order to have Windows 11. Um, and I've seen some people saying that like, oh man, my PC won't do it. If your PC is from like the last five or six years, it probably does. So just look into it. Um, what I found was um, if you have an OEM um, computer, so like a laptop byte from Dell or a desktop from another, you know, Alienware or something like that, um, the security feature that has to be on for Windows 11 is is automatically turned on. If you made your own PC, um, it's probably just not turned on. Um, I know for my purposes, the setting that you have to turn on for Windows 11, um, I didn't realize that my BIOS were two years old. So I had to update my BIOS to the current um, version. And then that option was in there to just turn on. And then I was able to um, be verified for Windows 11. So I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to talk about it. Um, I'm curious, you know, I think that kind of stuff is always fun. Um, you know, it looks like they're going to they're kind of update a bunch of apps that are kind of out of date. They better not take away my Windows Paint, though, because I still use that thing all the time for content creation stuff. Um, that and GIMP. So we'll uh, we'll see. Windows 11. Big time. Uh, we have two listener questions uh, or questions from two people so i master prime on twitter asking are devs obligated to commu uh, communicate with community even when they have nothing to show um I, this is kind of talking about probably division um but just in general and the answer is no uh there's there's no entitlement to anything um i think if a game is taking pre-orders and stuff then maybe there is some obligation to show something um but in a big way i just don't i i i think that I think it's okay for people to want stuff. Um, I don't think it's realistic for people to expect stuff. Um, second part of Master Prime's question here is, with the new Massive Boss, should we worry about the future of the Division franchise? Um, maybe. Uh, it, I, I, I would like to be more positive than that. Um, but from conversations I've had, um, it seems that Pullfelt was a pretty big champion for Division. Um, with the initiative that's happening with division right now, where they're, um, you know, there's division two content coming, there's Heartland maybe coming one day. Um, there's a book, there's an, an audio book, there's a movie coming. Um, all of those things point to that. The division franchise is healthy and respected by Ubisoft, uh, respect. Well, let's not say respected let's be straight up. Uh, uh, appreciated financially by Ubisoft is probably the better word. Um, if they respected the division, things would be different. But that's a conversation for a different day. 
Um, so I hope my guess with whoever is taking over for massive is that it's going to be someone, um, with a lot of experience pushing big AAA games because right now massive is working on two of arguably the biggest licensed IPs that Ubisoft has ever worked on with star Wars, um, and avatar. So I have to imagine that they're going they're that they're looking for someone. I assume that whoever takes over as the director of massive it's not going to be their first time being a director. So we'll have to see. Um, I have a little bit of anxiety because, um, you know, there's this rumored game that's coming out. Uh, it's a first person shooter PVP game that has like division bad guys against echelon splinter cell and wolves from ghost recon. It just sounds like a, f- Sounds like a nightmare of a, just a, ugh. just it's just pure Ubisoft. <laughs> I love Ubisoft. They've done lots of great things for me and, you know, taking me to E3 and give me early access to things. And, and I appreciate those things, but God, this, this rumored division game that's coming or division involved game just sounds like such a trash piece of crap. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't worry about the division franchise in the sense that I'm positive division games will continue coming out. I'm horrified for the division franchise that it's going to turn into another ghost recon, um, another assassin's creed, um, from a sales point of view, that's a dumb thing to worry about because those games sell lots of games. Um, but from a spiritual or a lore or a soul point of view, I'm not, I'm worried for sure. Thanks for the question, Master Prime. Uh, Michael Walter on Twitter asked, do you think the Division 2 should have more support? I know we're getting something, quote unquote, later this year. I wasn't a huge fan of of seasons, although 3 and 4 were better. I think Division 2 could have done really well with Warlords and New York size expansions once a year. So that's kind of what I talked about back before when I was kind of talking about how, like the original vision of Division um, and then how they seems like they kind of pivoted and wanted to make it kind of like destiny, but then they didn't really do it. Um, and that's what I was talking about. Yeah. A division, the division franchise, if properly supported in my opinion, and I'm talking about by like Ubisoft, not by massive, um, because massive just does what Ubisoft tells them to do staffing wise and game wise. Um, if Ubisoft let massive just work on division, not that they would want to, but if they did, if it was a, a Bungie like situation where Bungie only has to worry about destiny and, and, and putting out content for it. I know they have another game on, in the works, but that's an expanded part of their studio. If, if massive's only job was to put out division games and content, um, I think it'd be their biggest franchise. Um, but instead division one and division two have been in these situations where Ubisoft was so scared to fully commit to it and then didn't fully commit to it, but then kind of went back to it. Um, in case I haven't explained it enough already, that's what that's uh, I just said it before. Warlords was supposed to be the end of Division 2, uh, including the seasons. Um, and then Warlords did so well that they decided they wanted more Division 2. This is Ubisoft, from what I'm told. They wanted more Division 2 content because it did so good. Uh, but they had already told massive to allocate all of their resources to star wars and avatar and this third double a game that they're making that's unannounced so far 
And then they left. I wouldn't even, I don't even think there was a skeleton crew on division two left. Um, I've, I'm under the impression that the reason that like fail mission at the end was so lackluster is because it was just not finished. There's just, that's what they had ready. And they were told to leave the franchise and start working on these other projects. Um, so I'm sure like, I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, Fei Lao's ending was supposed to be more complicated than it was or more interesting or at least better produced uh, rather than her just being another bad guy. Now let's kill her, even though she's already apologized, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Division 2 absolutely deserves more support. The Division franchise does. And that's why I'm scared that we see we see on one hand, we see the Division um, being treated like, you know, it's less than even though it sells as well as the best franchises for Ubisoft. Um, you know, they, they don't give it full funding. They don't give it full support. They don't give it full resources on one hand, but then on the other hand, you see them have these like five, six, seven projects coming up that involve the division. And that scares me because that means that they aren't willing to fully support the full AAA releases that come out, but they're happy to shovel a bunch of crap at us that they know we're going to buy because they know we love division. And, um, yeah, like if Massa was allowed to just focus on division, we could get a Warlords of New York size expansion every year. Absolutely. If you know, or if you ever get to talk to someone involved in the division who made it or makes it, um, and they tell you about the way that Warlords was developed, it, it was done very quickly. And if you think about how quickly it was done quickly in game dev sense, I'm not talking like in the real world, they didn't do it in a month took a long time but not nearly as long as a lot of people would you know as you may think and um yeah i mean but the, but the reason that that isn't going to happen is because ubisoft won't let massive do it um without spilling any beans i'm not allowed to spill you know there were bigger plans for division one and especially division two but those if those, if ubisoft doesn't allow those plans to go forward you know that that there's nothing massive can do massive is a subsidiary they are do they, they do what they are told so yeah it's a bummer um the seasons were super underwhelming to me i i played through all four of them and i didn't mind them um i thought three would three was probably my favorite one honestly um four seemed like it was going to be dope and then it just wasn't especially because of the ending i don't know We'll see. I, uh, I, I, I am trying to have faith. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Um, I always post something on Twitter. Uh, you can always ask in the YouTube comments. You can even email me at my uh, email address that's on my Twitter at Bond Diesel or at the EchoCast. Um, yeah, ask questions. I love hearing uh, from y'all and I love getting topics and things to talk about from you. Uh, the final thing here is some content updates um, as Bay Diesel's summer break uh, kind of starts to hit its second half and approach its end. Um, I do want to try to actually fulfill my uh, plans to start streaming again, um, at least more consistently. Um, long story short, August uh, is going to be very busy, at least the first few weeks. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but I would say end of August, early September, I, I want to start getting back on a schedule. Um, two, three streams a week for two, three hours at a time. Um, my goal is to do a morning on the weekends, an afternoon during the week, and a late evening during the week uh, or weekend, maybe kind of, um, so I can kind of hit 
uh, the three different time zones that people watch in. Um, I really wanted to play uh, a fresh Division Two playthrough. I think I'm finally like, getting ready. Uh, I think I'm finally ready to play that game again after a nice long hiatus. Um, I want to. I want to grind Tarkov. Tarkov's tough on stream because you can only really get like at least the amount of time I stream. You know, maybe three, four, five raids in, um, and then you chat between raids, and you know. Uh, but we can still hang that's cool and then there's a bunch of new games coming out um the ascent and microsoft flight simulator are the next ones coming that i'm excited about but i mean we're talking about halo and and, and forza and all kinds of games that i would love to play on stream and hang out so um so yeah check that out um and on that note i'm gonna start wrapping things up i am bond diesel on twitch uh where i you know will uh, start streaming there i promise uh so go there give me a follow i would very much appreciate it um, you can donate to my extra life 2021 campaign at extralife.org slash uh participant slash bond underscore diesel uh, so check that out. Um, you can also check out my Twitter at Bond Diesel, or if you just want EchoCast and gaming uh, stuff, you can check out at the EchoCast. Um, if you want some EchoCast or Bond Diesel merch, I have some new stuff up there, including some White Knights Have More Fun t-shirts. Uh, please check out streamlabs.com slash Bond Diesel. That's all I have. So until next time. I'm <laughs> sorry.